Welcome to Processing Purpose, a business and lifestyle podcast committed to having honest conversations about the stuff in our lives that is often suppressed, ignored, or overlooked. We are two brothers from very different backgrounds, but with one common goal. From entrepreneurship to relationships, from hobbies to house projects, nothing is off limits as we process becoming the best version of ourselves in business and life. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> we tried this a couple times. We're really getting going here. Episode six. Six. Episode six. Episode six. And we're going to do, we're going to depart from our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> little, little less on the serious side of things. Mm-hmm. A little bit more on the fun side of things. It is, but all right. What do you think? I think that you should take fun more seriously. <laughs> well, and we seriously integrate fun into our lives i guess is probably the way i'd I'd frame it yeah um we're gonna talk about hobbies and interests and we did we both just got back from incredible trips that we want to tell you guys about but most importantly we just want um i guess to prioritize and instill in any of you that are listening to us um this is important for your life in fact maybe one of the most important elements not just to your life but to your business and to your family and everybody else um, that you're involved with. It's really important that you refill and refuel. And I think those are actually two different things. We'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, why don't you give me uh, your element of yeah. fun? Well, this, <clears throat> I want to be clear too, because we're going to talk about our trips, but this isn't an episode about the trips. Sure. Right. I'm, I, 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 you know, I don't want it to come off as like, look at what we got to do. We got to do this. Yeah. We got to do that. And so, yes, we're going to talk about the trips a little bit, but Ultimately, this is more about how I see it anyways, is kind of a word that you've used in past episodes, and that is rhythm. Yeah. Like finding a rhythm that allows you to work at optimal capacity. Yeah, really. Right? And, you know, we've talked about getting out of funk. I think we did that last time around. We talked about getting out of a funk and how you have to have ways to kind of pull yourself out and around. Right. And... For you and I, it's hobbies. 100%. Right? We're, so we're going to talk a little bit about our hobbies, mm-hmm. the case for them, if you will. Right. Why we do them, <clears throat> why we chose them. Talk a little bit about our most recent trips because they were true mountaintop experiences for both of us. Right. And, and I think it, it, it puts a bit of an exclamation point on, uh, on the why. Yeah, um, totally. But we're going we're gonna to talk about a little bit of fun. Um, but at the same time, I think it does still connect back to, to working optimally. Correct. Um, and, because, and yeah. there can be too much fun, right? I mean, you, you can add too yeah, much fun. <laughs> well, in terms of like, you know, response, balancing responsibility and things that sure. you have to execute on and get after, but you have to counterbalance that with things that really fill you up and really get you excited about doing more of the things that are hard, yeah. right? But we have to debunk this idea that it's grind, grind, grind all the time. Yeah, uh, super important, but especially early on when you're building your business or you know building out your concept, but you can't have this idea that I just have to have to burn, burn, burn. If you do, you're going to burn out, and it's just not yeah. going to go well for you. In fact, we've both experienced that in different times in our life at different levels. Uh, so the priority of, of fun and hobbies is really important. So let's unpack it. Let's, yeah. Let's talk about it a little bit. We don't have any script on this, so let's no, just unpack it. We're just winging it. So a couple of things that obviously the trips that we just took kind of inspired this as we were talking about, like, right. what, what do you want to talk about this week? It's like, well, I mean, let's talk about what's just happened in our lives. And I said, yes, but what does that look like? Right. Cause right. I don't want to just talk about, well, I went here and I did this and we got to do that. I mean, yeah. yes, that's cool. But kind of the wrong motive behind it. So a couple of things that kind of drove my thinking as we went, as I just made a few notes is, um, a philosophy that I have with my kids. Okay. Experiences over stuff. Couldn't agree more. Every elder ever tells us that by the way. Yeah. Let's take heed of that. Yeah. I mean, as parents and I'm as guilty as the next one, we're always not always, but we're buying them things, right? They right. always want stuff. They want the toy. They want the new Nerf gun. They want the new video game. Right. They want whatever it is. And we want to get those things for them. Right. But how about a memory instead? 
And I, I know that's a bit abstract, right? To just kind of be like, how about let's create memories, right? It feels it, a bit altruistic. But, but is it that hard, really? Is it that hard to create memories with your family and with your children? No, it's, it's pretty not. simple, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and and we might be talking about some more expensive things that 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 fall into the category of experiences. We've been very blessed, and so we're right. we get to do some things that are pretty incredible. Yep. But it doesn't have to be that, I guess, is my point. It doesn't have to be extravagant, huge experiences. It can be loading up in the back of the truck and packing a lunch and going and swimming in the river. Totally. Or camping in your backyard. I mean, it could be that simple. Yeah. Pitch a tent. Mm-hmm. Make it a night. Roast some mallows. Yeah. Easy to do. Easier said than done a lot of times. It's easier in a fast food society just to push things aside and say, hey, maybe later. Well, it's not convenient. Right. Right. It takes either a person that loves spontaneity. Um, I'm not necessarily one of those people, but I know some people thrive in spontaneity. They're like, let's go do this tonight. Or it takes some planning. It's inconvenient. Yeah. You know, load the kids up, load yourself up. You know, I'm talking about kids in the moment, but hobbies for us, experiences for the kids. On some level, it's the same. Yeah. You know, it's a departure from the norm. It's creating a memory it's i don't know if is that a different category it feels no, similar no i think it's 100 percent accurate and i think what you're what we're talking about too is we talked about a little bit is integrating your your interests and hobbies into your family life into time with your children because and by all means i think we should aim to do things that our kids like to do as well not just bring them into our world and make them do the sure. things we love to do um, but anyways, all it's altruistic is what I'm getting at, right? It's not like hobbies are important just so that you can take a break from business. Hobbies and interests are important to create common bonds. In fact, I would absolutely argue that our friendship spiked the moment we started to share common bonds, sure. together, common experiences together through fly fishing originally. But we've done more stuff since then, backpacking, yeah. things like yeah. that, that have brought us together more and more. I, and I just can't uh, express enough how important it is to make sure that you take time and really define what you want your year to look like, right? And not, I'm not saying, you know, plans change all the time, but really put things down on the calendar that you're looking forward to. Really important to do. In fact, that's literally on my calendar today is to write out my calendar mm. for the year and make sure that I'm prioritizing hobbies and fun along the way with myself and with my kids. Well, and we've talked about it before, and I'm going to mention it again because it's relevant to this conversation. There's there's four facets. There's four segments. There's four pieces of enjoying an experience. Let's do it. Let's break it down. The first one, right? Okay. It's the planning, right? Planning. It's the anticipation. It's the it's in my calendar. Oh man, it's gonna be so awesome. Step it's, one, right? It's it's the the looking forward to it and the daydreaming about it. Right. Right. There's a lot of juice that you can get from the the it's coming feeling that actually because i'm not a spontaneity guy either in fact i brooke knows this about me a lot of people know this i can't stand surprises but the planning and the anticipation for anything is is what actually i get more and more and more juice as i get closer to it really mm-hmm. important for me actually the preparations number two and getting I, gear <laughs> yeah getting gear but i you know i will talk about this i just went on a uh, on a ski trip um pretty fantastic epic but the the prepping for that trip was oh gosh you know i got to get my skis ready to go so i had to get them out and i had to wax them up and three days before you left (laughs) yeah yeah, absolutely a week before i you know just squeezing every bit of juice out of that that i can and yeah buying i needed a new piece of uh i needed a an avalanche backpack for this trip so i bought an avalanche backpack and that you know getting that and picking one out and figuring out how the cylinder for the compressed air works in it all that's fun i mean it's all minutia, but it's so delicious. Oh, gear is just, we've talked about it a hundred It's just such a dark and then rabbit hole. The packing, right? And figuring out your bags. And if you allow it to, it's fun. Like some people get stressed out because they leave it to the very last second. Right. And they got to pack and they throw everything together. But if you like plan a little bit ahead, the packing's really fun. Yeah, it is. It really is. Yep. And even like, even like packing for the travel itself, right? Like getting your bag ready for yeah. the airplane, all that sort of stuff. I, yeah. I enjoy all of it. Yeah, all of it. And so then, so that's one and two, right? The third is the obvious one. It's the experience itself. Going through everything, yeah. Right, everything from the flight to get there to, 
you know, trying to find your rental car and, and all of these things can be stressors, but you have to put it in the context of what you get to do. And in that context, can you give me a, I mean, it's hard to adventure. It's it's hard to put into words too, but give me a little synopsis of the moment you clicked into your skis and you stood on top of that mountain and it was your time to make your first run. Like, what did that feel like? Here we are. It was like a, okay, all of this has led to this moment. Right. And you're looking down and, and, uh, for context, we did some, uh, cat skiing, um, in, uh, Utah. And we'll show some video too, right? We yeah. We can that. toss some, yeah. if you're watching the YouTube version or if you're listening to this, go watch the YouTube version. We'll toss some video in here of, of, awesome. of this trip and, and Gavin's trip that he'll talk about too. And, um, but yeah, I mean, you, we, we took a cat to the top of this mountain range, the Unitas mountains in Utah, just outside of park city. And, um, I was, we were the only ones up there. I mean, we're standing on the top, getting ready to jump off this cornice into fresh Utah powder. Yep. And you, the soundtrack's playing in your head and you're like, all right, I'm in a real life Warren Miller movie. Right. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, that's what I, I, I just picture freedom, like pure yeah. freedom, just going down the mountain. I mean, that's gotta feel so life giving. It's like, do that. it's like painting on a blank canvas. Like for those of you that ski, like you're on runs, you're limited by trees or the fences or tracks. But when you ski out there, like, like we were, it's you paint the picture, every feature, every moment, you're the first one to throw yourself off of it. At least since the, mo- the most recent snow, <laughs> all the tracks got covered in, but Oh man, it's it's an apex experience. Would it you is. say? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A, yeah, mountaintop experience is how I refer right. to them. Yeah, it's. And by the way, I just want to make clear, right? This isn't. We, nobody just launches into an apex experience. In fact, I just had one. I mean, well, I've had a couple apex experiences so far, which I would just again, when you experience it, you want more and more and more of it. But I want to make clear, you've been working toward this since you were a kid. You were I've a junior for forty. 40 years. Let's just call it 40 years. Okay. So 40 years yeah. of building up to apex experiences, which you've had quite a few of now, but my yeah. point is, is it wasn't always that way. You no. grinded, you worked, he was a junior Olympic skier. You put in a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of yourself into this. And so to be up there and to enjoy that amount of freedom has got to be so liberating. Like you earned it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. in, in the feeling of earning your apex experience, it, it feels so much better. Look, I'm not going to speak for anybody that's a trust fund baby. That's just getting yeah. cash, but in, in, to do these things and have fun doing it, by all means, you have your own experiences, but I'm just telling you for my own, when you look back and you realize I earned my way here, really fulfilling. Well, and, and here's the thing. And I don't know if this has anything to do with this context other than it popped into my head, you know, and we're just rolling as it comes to, it comes to mind here. You know, there's there's three cats that they sent out, and a cat is a is a for those of you that ski, for those of you that don't, you know, the big grooming machines on the that go up and down the hill that have big tracks. They refer to them as caterpillars, and okay. so um, a cat is just a short. It's a wide track, double track, has a, a buggy on the back, essentially like this big fiberglass enclosure that you get in, and it takes you up the mountain. But there's they launch three cats. Um, from their from their base camp each day, and um, are you up there with another group of guys, or is it just your group? Well, there's three cats, but there's enough there's enough mountain range that you're spread out. You don't sure. see them okay. typically. Okay. So you're um, not crowded in with twenty people. You're crowded in with maybe. Well, there's ten of us. Okay, <clears throat> okay. But it was all my ten friends. But it's a mountain. I mean, come on, it's a mountain. You can't share and, that. You know, I've got a group of twenty people that I just every year we send an email out and say who's going, yeah. and it rotates in and out and. But there was 10 of us this trip. And here's where I was going with that thought, though, as Gavin was talking about earning it. I want to caution you just because you can afford it, that you should do it. Mm. Like there's so of the let's call it 30, three cats worth of the 30 people that were up there, the people that should have been there because one, they have the money, but two, they have the skill set to actually be back there there was probably 12 of us so out of 30 no but they just they're losing skis and they're falling and they're the guides are having to help them out and and you know our guide we hired a cat and two guides and and our guide says you guys are an incredibly rare group 
that can all ski. He goes, we're skiing stuff we haven't skied in two, three years because most groups I can't take here. They don't have the skill set for it. And that's kind of sad. Right. I get it because you have the money to be there, but put it in context too. Just sure. because you have the money to be there doesn't mean that you should be there. Sure. Like, right. do the things that you want to do, do the things that give you life and juice. And we're going to talk about that, but use your brain right at the same time and there's things that you're just not ready for and you just have to like you said earn your way to be there so we got we got the 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 anticipation of the experience we got the planning the preparation of the experience yep. we got the experience and number four is where you and i are right now and that's the reliving of it yeah review right the reflection the watching the videos the looking at all the photographs the you know, I've got a, a text message thread of all the people that went with us and we're texting and we're talking about this line or that line or dude, you jumped off that cordis. I can't believe you flew 20 feet, bro. Whatever it might be. That's awesome. Forever burned in your guys' friendship, which it's, is awesome. Special. That's the value, right? And in fact, you know, I actually made, so I went to Patagonia on a fishing trip for 10 days. And honestly, I told a few of the guys that I met along the way there, look, fishing to me has been a bonus. Really, honestly, the value has been bonding with new friends. Mm. That was really the apex for me for that experience. Um, I just want to step back to your comment before about whether or not you should do something just because you afford oh. it. I watched a little clip from Dave Ramsey uh, last night and it totally punched me in the gut. It was awesome. He said, money will only make you more of what you already are. Mm. So if you're... Uh, unprepared and miserable and you make more money, you're going to be more unprepared and more miserable. Mm. If you're uh, uh, thoughtful and gracious and giving and kind, you will turn into a philanthropist because that's just who you naturally are. You will become more of that. And so anyway, I, I'm not sure where the dots connected for me there. I just wanted to, to make that comment because it really was a special comment for me to absorb. I thought, yeah, right. If I'm going to pursue financial anything, I should just understand that continue and like you've talked about a million times over continue to improve yourself and become the best version of yourself so that money just expands that for you yeah so anyway that and that goes into hobbies too as well it does it does because here's the thing if you pursue a hobby if you pursue an experience that you're not prepared for and i don't just mean like the preparation phase of the experience but i mean you yourself are like have the skill set you're you're ready for it right you've trained for it if that's appropriate you end up you end up dragging the experience down one for those around you but two for yourself an example of this right behind you is the the poster for tory pines yep All right, right. Yeah, yeah. so uh uh dad and i uh my mom holly my wife we were at the 2008 uh us open tory pines we got to see tiger beat rocco mediate in the playoff on day two on the the so cool. fifth day of the tournament super fun but my dad and i played that course I don't remember if it was before or right after. It was either like two days before the Open or two days after. And if you know, um, for U.S. Opens, what they do for the rough is they grow the grass out um, outside of the fairway like 10 inches. So it's really hard. It's really hard. So if you're not in the fairway, your ball's lost. The only reason the pros don't lose balls is because the fairways are lined with people. <laughs> and they have cameras everywhere. Right? And they yeah. have cameras. Dad and I, we... we played um we booked to play 18 we scheduled around we played nine holes and went home now tory pines is an incredible course it's beautiful it's right on the ocean sure. right there in san diego in la jolla and we went home after nine holes because we had both lost three sleeves of balls <laughs> in the first nine holes and we were like this is not fun i was not prepared to play tory pines immediately following the u.s open with 10 inch rough like I, I'm an okay golfer. Yeah, you really are. I but played I, with you multiple times. You really are a really good. But golfer. I, I, I mean, you're very it, consistent. It, it rolls six inches off the fairway. It's gone forever till they mow. That would just frustrate. It was so little. frustrating. I remember looking at my dad and going, "Are you having fun?" He's like, "No, not really." I'm like, "Why are we doing this just because it's Tory Pines?" And we left. So you gotta be. Yeah. You gotta be ready, and know what the experience is going to provide you. Otherwise, you really don't have any business being there. Doesn't that put into context how freaking good these guys are? Oh, my gosh. I mean, it, you know, when you're around somebody that is so good at their craft, actually, that's one of my favorite things in the world is watching 
people do what they do well. I just absolutely, I could eat it up all day. Um, but it really puts into perspective when you're around really amazing talent, yeah. uh, how much farther you need to go or you, you have to go okay. to, to get there. A, a bit of a shift here. Um, yeah. So, so something that I was taught from an early age, and I want to talk about how this relates, right? So a, a concept that we hear periodically, depending on your circle, is delayed gratification. Okay, like creating a motivation to accomplish a goal, you delay the gratification of maybe the reward that that goal could accomplish to push you to accomplish the goal. Yeah. Okay, so something that was taught from an early age in my family was delayed gratification. The downside to that philosophy, and I, I'm not saying I agree with it or disagree with it, but you have to understand the downside. The downside of that philosophy is unless you're wise big enough and you actually meet the goal, you end up delaying that experience indefinitely. I understand delayed gratification as it relates to maybe things, right? Whether that's sure. a you know, you want to get this extreme example, but let's say you want, you're a high roller. You want to buy a Ferrari. You're going to wait till you get to a certain point to buy it. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Fine. Whatever. New set of golf clubs. Okay. Sure. Fine. But when it comes to experiences, I almost feel like there's a bit of a misnomer in there that you should delay them. Like you don't know that you're going to be as healthy as you are next year. Correct as capable as you are next year that the people that you want to go and do this with are going to be in the same space as they are next year. Warren Miller is the other poster behind you. And he's the godfather of ski films. Warren Miller, ski films, Bruce Brown, surf films, some of the two most iconic outdoor action adventure activities in the world. And Warren Miller at the end of every single movie he ever made, and he's made a hundred movies. He said, if you don't do it this year, you'll be one year older when you do. It's great advice. It's great advice. But but we also need to frame it in terms of responsibility too. That yep. doesn't mean drain, drain your bank account, yep. screw your business plans and go do whatever you want to do. Now that's up to you, but, but Luke means don't keep lying to yourself that everything is going to come crashing down around you if you're gone for 10 days to experience what you've always dreamed to experience again we both have stepped out and just said hey we're going to do this because we want to live a big life right we don't want to just say we want to live a big life we want to do it and so he's right like don't if you have the money you have the time uh don't sit there and stew over it i just think back to how many things have you delayed, whether it be stuff or experiences, yeah. because you thought it's just not the right time or yeah. I don't have enough or I can't justify this to my family or my wife instead of taking the time to sit down and talk about it. And I'm just throw one more thing in there. One thing that my mom's been really impressed with our generation is that we give our spouses or spouses in general, give one another time and space to go do the things we love to do individually and together, right? And that's really special and unique to our generation. And I just in, implore each one of you to go out and, and make that time and space for you and your spouse. Yeah. Um, really, really important. Yeah. All right. Question for you. Why do you have the hobbies that you do? And what are they? Yeah. Let me thank you for asking. I, uh, well, mine are twofold right now. Uh, and I'm getting slowly into bird hunting. We've talked about that. I didn't get to do it this year, which is a bummer. I got all the gear, of course. <laughs> so I got a, of course. I got a shelf full of bird hunting gear, but I don't have any birds yet because uh, the season ended right before I left for my trip. So, And I just finished my hunting license literally a week before I left. But that's okay. I'm going to give it a shot next year. Um, honestly, again, my hobbies have been driven by bonded and shared experience. So my other two hobbies are fly fishing and smoking meat. So I absolutely love barbecue. I've grown a huge interest and passion toward barbecue. You guys have heard me talk about that before. Um, but actually, I just want to share that I actually went through a short season of depression over this. Mm. In fact, right before Luke introduced fly fishing to me, which, by the way, I showed up in aqua socks and fell in three times. <laughs> he actually gave me the, the eye roll going, dude, you're freaking scaring all the fish, man. <laughs> uh, but nevertheless, I kept going back until I figured it out and fell in love with it. So yeah. it's just turned into a huge brewing passion. Of course, it just took me to Patagonia. So it's taken me to some of the most beautiful places in the world. Um, but again, shared experience. And 
with smoking meat and cooking, I just love to share that as an expression and watch people enjoy what I make. So that for me, it's a little bit of a selfish thing, right? I really yeah. want uh, to bond. I want people to enjoy what I create. Um, and I just share the depression part because I really genuinely thought, man, this is a bummer. Like, I feel like all my buddies have, have a lot of cool hobbies, not just hobbies, but skiing and shooting and all these different things. I was, I was feeling left out mm. and not because anybody made me feel left out. I made me feel left out. I just sat back and kind of stewed over it instead of taking that initiative to try new things. And I'm so glad I did because now it's opening a whole new world for me. Now I'm like, yeah, I want to try that. Yeah. I want to try that instead of sitting back watching. Sure. Now I'm participating and that that's amazing. Uh, fishing for me has blossomed into so many different directions and friendships and connections and involvements with family lines and other things. Um, that I'm forever grateful for. So again, you take that one step forward and just trying new things, you might find out you're in love with it and it might create an amazing new world for you too. Yeah. Uh, another question I had on the heels of that, cause you mentioned it, any hobbies that you don't have right now that you'd like to pursue? Uh, art. Art? Yeah. Like in what capacity? Uh, I don't I've know. I've never even heard you talk about this. Yeah. So um, it's funny cause I actually was watching another, I've been on a, on a video binge here, but um, but I also watched a guy talk about, um, he always felt that his parents were not, um, wealthy enough to afford him a musical instrument when he was in school. And he said something, he goes, um, and I deeply regret not trying music in school and not, mm. not taking on a musical instrument. Um, and he goes, I, this is what really hit me. He goes, I feel like it's my art within me and I don't know how to express it. Hmm. And I thought, I've had that same feeling when it comes to drawing. Like I love to draw. I love, I just really, I don't, yeah, I'm not that great at it to be honest with you, but I really enjoy it. It's very therapeutic for me and something I've yet to do that I really want to do. I've been so entranced by Bob Ross. I know you're going to laugh, but I doesn't love Bob Ross. I absolutely love Bob Ross. Um, And actually I met on my trip to Patagonia, I met a really incredible painter. This is not a plug. I'm not doing this for any other reason outside of, I love this guy. Linkjacksonart.com. His art is incredible. Not just a photographer, but he's a watercolor painter. Watercolor is tough. It's, You're welcome, it's, Link. Yeah, yeah, you bet. No, he's he's an incredible human being, uh, and I would love to endorse any of his stuff. But I want to, you know, he's inspired me in a big way. Mm. And go, I want to try this out. You know, I might fumble over it, but I, I'm just in the season of expression. You've heard me talk about it a million sure. times. But art is definitely something I want to try. Huh. How, how about you? Well, that's good. I don't think I've ever asked you that. Um, what hobbies that I? Yeah, something you want to try out and want to get into. Oh gosh. Well, something that I did when I was younger that I'd like to do a lot more would be dirt biking. Like I had a dirt bike when I was, uh, well, you know, the guys, man, our our friends here, they dirt bike all over the place. Yeah. So I had a dirt bike. My dad bought me my first dirt bike. Gosh, I don't know. 13, maybe I was young. Um, would you, would you go electric this time? The electric bikes or no? Um, I, I'd have to do my research. Maybe, Okay. maybe. I don't know, there's something about the the wrap of a of a motorcycle oh, yeah, going up for a, sure, for sure. going up a hill. Um, but I had a dirt bike young and rode dirt bikes growing up, and um, it's an expensive sport. It's an expensive hobby. So, and you know, with kids, it's it's not really they're starting to get to that age. Sure. You know, my oldest is ten, so they're not quite there. But um, you know, they're getting to a point where getting a dirt bike for them would be fun, and and I could see getting into that. I. Seeing Dan on a, a tiny little dirt bike would just absolutely warm me up, yeah. dude. Orco or yeah. more for that matter would be yeah. so cute. What? Why did you choose the hobbies that you did? I mean, you mentioned, um, uh, you mentioned, you know, creating experiences with people, right? That's yep. that's one for me too. Activities with others and and or by myself, like a way to kind of detach and get space from everything as well. Um, what, what other? What other? Why did you choose? I mean, other than I exposed you to it, why? Why do you think fly fishing connected with you? Yeah. So my first response is going to be a cheesy one, but I'm dead serious. I firmly believe they chose me, not the other way around. I know that sounds really like, oh, come on. But the reason is, is because I couldn't get enough of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't know how else to explain it outside of like, I just wanted more and more and more of it. And it started to become like a premeditation. Like I'm, it's consuming my thoughts, consuming my interests, things like that. In fact, um, sadly it's the Super Bowl was the first 
football game I've watched all year long. Mm. And mind you, I played football all through uh, junior high and high school. I was very involved with keeping up on sports and knowing everything on Sports Center. And I, f- fishing just, my hobbies kind of took over mm. my interest and my time. And so again, I, they just pulled me in. So when I say that it sounds cheesy, but I, but I mean it, I think they, they're, they're choosing me and pulling me into those interests. Secondly, why I'm, why it's like a click and an aha and yes, I know this is it and I want to go toward it. Again, it might sound a little cheesy, maybe even a little, I don't know what it'll sound like, but it makes me feel like more of a man. Wow. Interesting. Touch on that for a second. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up with, um, with experiences that, you know, were suburban based, I guess is probably the best way to say it. Uh, but my dad didn't, you know, he grew up fishing with my grandpa, things like that. So my dad taught me a few things along the way, but not really in terms of detail and kind of getting into the weeds with things and really unpacking how those things connect to your manhood and actually how they can fill you up and define you as a man in certain ways. I mean, it sounds funny, but fly fishing, yeah, it's a fun uh, sport. It's a fun lifestyle, but I actually know how to go feed my family if I had to. Hmm. I know that sounds funny, but it's it's an actual life skill that I can apply in a really cool and and uh, profound way if I have to for my family, if it came down to that. Makes and you that, feel a little bit more prepared as a provider. Yeah, life skills, right? And yeah. so, and then when it comes to smoking meat, I mean, what's not manly about barbecue? Come on, <laughs> man. <laughs> I mean, I love working with meat. I just do. Um, but again, that, that really is more born from just wanting to see people enjoy what I make. Um, and that just fills me up. Yeah. Um, but then in the bird hunting, for sure, right? Learning how to shoot a gun, handle a gun, understand uh, all of the safety precautions around it, how to train others uh, to be safe with guns and, and practice uh, shooting with, uh, you know, a lot of responsibility and fun involved. Um, so, you know, again, it, it I, I'm taking steps toward things that make me feel like I'm more of a man, a better leader to my son and my children, my daughters and my wife. Um, and that I'm developing life skills. Like for example, this is another little thing that's maybe not hobby driven, but something I'm interested in and actually inspired by you. Uh, last year I missed out on the wilderness, uh, survival first aid, uh, training, uh, and I'm actually signed up to do it in May. So I'm really excited again for me, I guess I'm driven toward, that was one of those that caught me off guard. Like I really enjoyed taking (laughs) the wilderness medicine. Yeah, you were like, I geeked out on it. Like every second of it, I geeked out. I'm like, I'm so excited to learn those life skills. You know, I like being out in nature. I love being out in the wilderness. If if I can keep everyone safe, uh, knowing that anything can happen out there. Remember when we did the blue lining? Yeah. Remember we stepped on a freaking nest of bees. I had like 17 stings on my legs. I mean, there's certain things. Who knew? I could have went into anaphylactic or anaphylactic shock. And who knows? I mean, you could have been prepared to take care of me right in that moment. I wouldn't have. Sure. Right. So anyways, just manhood for me in this season, it, it matters. Yeah. Well, and there's a, a good example too, of being prepared if you're going to do these things, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're right. going to go, you know, my hobbies, my hobbies are fly fishing. We've talked about that. I've done that since I was probably 13, learned in Montana. I yep. mean, that's where you learn if you're yep. going to have to learn, um, yeah. skiing, skied for 40 years, mountain biking. I mean, we live in an amazing area for mountain biking. How often do you get a, get out and mountain bike? I don't know. Once that. a week. Oh my gosh. That's way more than I thought. Yeah. Okay. You're yeah, pretty we, active. We would that. get out once a week and mountain bike, um, hiking and backpacking. Yep. Love, love those golf. We got to do more of that. This we got to do more golf too. Yeah. We didn't do a lot of golf the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah. Um, and another one that's, that's more cathartic for me is woodworking. And you're good at it, man. They built, uh, I built my dining table with a guy I used to work with. Let's be honest. He built it. I helped him. Luke actually built it. And I know Holly helped you too, but man, it's so cool. You guys did such yeah. a good job on it. I enjoy the process of, if, if the plan's clear, I enjoy the process of building and putting it together and watching it come together. So those are, th- those are things that, that I enjoy doing. Um, but I do it for the same reasons. I do it, you know, uh, experiences with those around me. That's the main reason why I got into kind of the the pinnacle of of skiing um you know when you leave the resort and start hiring helicopters and cats and things like that um it was about eight years ago and coming back to delayed gratification and kind of putting a full loop on this my dad and i had talked about going heli skiing since i was little 
Right. I mean, it was always one of those things. Yep, we're going to do it one day. Yep, we're going to do it one day. When we accomplish this goal, when we accomplish that goal. And, and it's not that we didn't accomplish those things, but the delaying of that, it just was always tomorrow. It was always tomorrow. Right. And um, it was 2015, maybe 2016, somewhere in there. I was like, you know, my dad's getting at that point. He was mid-60s. And it was like, look, if we don't, if we don't schedule this, like there's going to be a point at which we're not going to be able to do this together. Right. And I remember very clearly I had talked to Holly and I was like, how do you feel if I pay for my dad to go heli skiing with me? And I didn't, I ended up not paying for him because when I called him and I said, we're going heli skiing, I'm paying and we're going, he goes, okay, let's go, but you're not paying. <laughs> but he was, he was ready also. Like we had gotten to the point where it was like, enough talking about it it's time to schedule it and go and it was bonkers as you can imagine jumping in a helicopter and getting dropped off on the top of a mountain to go ski a bowl that's never been touched and we talked i texted you back when you sent me the video originally but posterity man yeah now now van koa nora get to watch their grandfather mm -hmm. carve down a cool mountain in a really badass way you know what yeah. i mean like it's just so cool that you guys were able to do that for bigger reasons than just a sh one shared experience. Well, and you know, it started in 2016 or somewhere in there, 15, 16. But, you know, with the exception of COVID, we've done something every single year. Right. You know, and to now have a portfolio, if you will, of mountaintop experiences with my dad, who's now 70. Right. And still just shrouping the mountain up. I. I probably can't count on both both hands the amount of times the group that was around us and we we had I invited 10 of my friends. We got a big house, stayed in Park City. All my friends, all the guides, everybody around us was like this is so cool that you and your dad are doing this together. That is so cool. So he's cool. 70 and he's out here jumping off of yes, my dad's 70 jumping off of cornices. It's like who who does that? And my dad skied you know, sure. if he's 70, he's skied for 50 years. But, you know, the, the, the point is, I mean, what a, what a book of memories of experiences. And I don't know if the camera can see it, but that, that one there is my dad, you know, right there. That was, I was in British Columbia somewhere, I don't know, four or five years ago, pre COVID, but to have photos like that, that you can share. And yeah, I mean, it's in the fact that you just said it too, like, you know, when you, I mean, not to mention all of us tomorrow, things could change immediately. Yeah. Right. In, in terms of our physical abilities, but here's a guy that's seven years old. That's not making any excuses, yep. not putting anything on the back burner saying, I'm going to go do this. We're going to live this life. And every single time someone does that, what do they say? They go, I'm so glad I'm so I did glad this. I did this. I'm, I'm so glad I, I can't believe I waited so long. Yes. Every right? single time. And you know, these trips have been great, you know, cause I get to bring you know, I want to have a private experience. So I make sure that I either fill the helicopter or I fill the cat. So I've been able to take two of my uncles along. I've been able to take cousins along. That's I've been awesome. able to take, um, hopefully soon brother-in-laws along. I'm calling you out right here on the podcast, <laughs> Tyler, you're coming with us next time. around. You're going, um, you know, there's, it's really cool to create experiences and obviously a gob of friends and, and things that, that have come along with it and, and met some amazing people. But to do these things with others is, is, is really special. And it's another reason it's just pure pleasure. Yeah. Like it's, it's so much fun. And I think the last reason that I do these is because it makes me feel small. Mm. Unpack that. You know, I think, I'm going to stereotype it a little bit. I think as Americans, maybe it goes beyond Americans. Maybe it's just the human experience, but we can land at a place where the world revolves around us. Our decisions, our experiences, the inconvenience that someone gives to us, puts on us. It's a heavy world. And we can get to a place where, you know, it's all about me. And when you stand on the top of the mountain and it's just yourself or you're in the backcountry backpacking and you end up in a meadow and it's just you and a couple of deer, it's like, mm, 
you know, there's a whole lot more going on out here mm-hmm. than just me. So it's so healthy. You feel very, very small and and dare I say insignificant in the grand scheme of this human existence that we have out here. There is so much going on outside of yourself. And with a small exception, the world is made up of other people and other things. Right. In a weird way too, don't you think it in you know, with this pressure of this world that we create for ourselves, we kind of blow our issues and our problems and even our dreams up into these big, big things. But when you go out into these environments, it starts to shrink all that back down. So that's what I think of when I think of I get smaller. But at the same time, it makes it humbles me and makes me go, okay, it's not all about me. The world's much bigger than me. Let's just absorb all of the love, friendship, all of these things as much as I can. But at the very same time, it makes me realize I can achieve those big things that I've created that that I think are way too big and way bigger than me. When I get out in the world like that, it makes me realize oh, I I can achieve it. Yeah, I can do it too. Right. Yeah. So and I this, think yeah, I think COVID's pushed a lot of people out too. Yeah. Like the amount of people that I see out fishing, hiking, backpacking, riding their bikes, skiing. It's like, good. It's good. It's really good. You know, they were forced to go outside and yeah, and uh, it's good. All right. We're at, I can't believe we're at the 40 minute mark already. Let me, let me ask you one more question because I think it's important. Well, and I got a couple questions too. Okay. So go ahead. Let me squeeze this one in there. Yeah. You might already have this down, but what's your frequency? Oh. You know, in terms of, we talked about rhythm. What's your frequency? What does it look like for you? So... Like some of your hobbies, mine are seasonal, right? There's, you know, we live in a four seasons place, so I can't golf in February, right? So that, that kind of helps at least not here locally. I'd have to travel to do that. Right. So, um, I, I want to have a big mountaintop experience once a year. Okay. Okay. And that's like a, you know, like we, like I just did with, with cat skiing. Like I don't expect to do that in every activity. Sure. You know, I'm not going to go do that on mountain biking because my skill set's not there. Okay. Like coming back to preparedness, like there's only, right. You know, um, there's only a, an appropriate window to do those things. Um, but I like to have a big experience, uh, once a year. And then I think a active weekly experience of some kind, that could be a day on the river, that could be a mountain biking trip, a hike, that could be a round of golf, right? Something weekly to just kind of ground me and, and mix up the office routine and and uh, and and then probably seasonally, um, depending on the season, you know, a, a short, I call it a quick strike mission, a short two-day experience in, in, in my hobbies. So that could be a you know, uh, an overnight backpack trip with just a couple of friends. It could be a, you know, load the kids up in the car and we're just going to go to a different ro- resort to go ski. Like, you know, each season needs to have something like that as well. So you do, you, you have, you have short term, middle term and long term. Yeah. So you're like once a year, big, big, big adventure peak, one of those peak experiences or apex experiences. Yep. Once a month, maybe, or once yeah. a month, every couple months doing something a little bit more extended, but not like a whole week's worth yeah and then every week you're doing something small that just kind of rejuices you a little bit yeah just keeping me in the flow keeping me in the well i'm I'm honing the skill right because you know if you want to do these things you have to be proficient if you want to do the big trips you have to be proficient at whatever it is that you're doing and so it keeps honing the skill keeps the enthusiasm there you're learning new things and yeah that's that's a great rhythm do you have a different rhythm than that uh, well, smoking meat, I got to do two to three times a week. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm, a, I think I'm just addicted to it, but I, um, but we're, with fishing, you know, again, it's a little bit more seasonal, but, uh, but I'd say bare minimum, I've got to be out every couple weeks. No, no more than that. If I go more than two weeks without, uh, roping into something, I start getting itchy Yeah, and I start getting edgy and all yeah. those sorts of things or something really fulfilling for me getting outside and just being outdoors and, and, you know, but again, this year I want to do some more golfing. I want to do some more hiking and backpacking. I want to do some bird hunting this year. I want to do some artwork. So again, we've, you've helped, you've kind of awoken a beast a little mm. bit <laughs> by, by introducing fly fishing to me. Cause I just want to start experiencing more of my life. Okay. Real talk here. Yep. Uh, we're both married. Yes. We both have families. Yes. We're talking about a lot of 
getting out and experiencing and going and big trips and some of them are fairly expensive like how does your wife respond to this like how does this fit into family planning and into you know making sure that you're not overindulging right and you know using it as a a way to escape your family now I, let's, I want to be clear. There are moments that we all feel we need to escape from our family. And a hobby is a good way to do that and get just a little bit of reprieve from, from everything. So that can be part of it too. But you can also, the pendulum can swing too far. Right. So how do you balance that? How has Brooke, your wife, responded to that? Like, right. just quickly, like what's your thought there's there? Been, there's been a couple trips that, throughout the past couple years that have been a little bit spot spontaneous and so necessarily we hadn't necessarily budgeted for it more or less kind of went on the fly of like all right we can afford this let's just go um but things are a little bit leaner and tighter now we're in real estate the market has shifted so we have to be a little bit more thoughtful about in fact we canceled a trip going to manhattan in april altogether we just said we don't need to do that right now uh my wife you know this (laughs) is very tit for tat when it comes to time away and we're and i'm good about that too right i don't i have no resistance when it comes to that and so if i you know, throw it out there. Hey, in July, like we've talked about, want to go to Colorado and, and spend a few days with you, Tyler and Troy fishing. You know, she's like, cool. No, no worries. I think I'll, I'll schedule something with my sister and friends, you know, maybe after that. Totally cool. Right. And so we try to balance that out as best we can. And I think we've actually done a pretty good job of that. Um, but when it comes to escape from the family, yeah, we, we also prioritize family trips, mm. right? So we have a priest lake trip that we're going to do this August that we're planning to do every single year. Um, and then we're actually going to go down to, uh, Arizona to see my dad for a week in April, early April. And so we also try to prioritize time together as a family. And quite honestly, our kids get way more of us than most kids do. I don't want to get into the comparison trap. We don't travel for work at all. We actually work locally. Our office is five minutes from our house. Uh, we pick our kids up from school almost every day. Well, not almost every day, but about half the week, uh, drop them off every single day. So anyway, point is, is we really do a job to prioritize time with them on a daily basis. So when I go out to do these things, it doesn't feel undeserved. Mm. Um, yet (laughs) I could easily abuse that. You're right. I could easily turn Now I will say I'll step back. There was, when I first started getting into fly fishing, I was sneaking away. Mm. I was sneaking away. And honestly, part of it was just like, yes, I want to get away just to get sure. some time and space to myself. And I think that's okay at times. Sure. And part of it was just like, I'm so like, once I get into something, you know, this, I'm the extreme, man. When I pendulum <laughs> swing, I swing hard. Yeah. And so when I'm into it, I'm into it, man. And I go balls to the wall. So, um, so anyway, yeah, I, I can, I see what you mean. And that this could become really out of rhythm very quickly. Yeah. Um, but right now it feels pretty balanced. Yeah. It does. Yeah. I think another way is to include them in it. Right? I mean, yep. I think there's times where you need to be by yourself. We need to reset, you know, Um, as parents. I think we all understand that there's moments it's like, I've I've had enough of you right now. Yeah. (laughs) And I need just a little bit of space. And, and, and even as husband and wife, right? right? As spouses, there's an element of like, I love you, but I need, I need, I need a break. Right. Right. I, I, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's not, human, it's human nature. Yeah. That's it's not, it's not negative and it's, no. it's not negative in any way. Like there's not something wrong. It's just like, I just, I just need a little bit of space. And so there's, there's moments for that, but you know, including them in your hobbies as best you can creates not only fun mer- memories right now, but you know, I'm skiing with my dad and he's 70 because he included me in his hobby when I was two. Hundred percent, right? And that's pretty rad. And so, you know, I'm coming back on these trips, and you know, my oldest and and middle Van and Nora are like, "When do we get to go, guys? You when do we get to go?" I'm like, "Well, you're ten and seven, so we got to slow that roll." But, you know, yeah. when, I want to go. When do we get a? When do we go? And and Holly asked me the other day. She goes, "Do you think I could get good enough to go along?" And I'm like, "Absolutely, yeah, you could, yeah." Um, and so including them in in them, I think, is a great way to yeah to create some some rhythm, some balance and, and to check yourself on your motives of doing it. Like, I think there's also, I think it's also, it's moderation and be careful not to make assumptions that they don't want to participate with you either. That's it. That for me, that was a really dangerous trap early on in fly fishing where I thought, man, I'm just so into this. I don't, 
you know, I've taken her out a couple times and she expressed a little bit of interest. But then I, I told her, I sat down, I was like, man, my dream come true. Honestly, I don't, you know, if you don't want to fish, that's fine. But I'd love just to row the raft down the river, do some fishing, just have you there with me. Right. I don't care what. And she was like, I would love that. Mm. She goes, I would love to read a book, have a Corona, you know, eat some, eat some cheese and crackers and hang out with you. Like, I don't necessarily need to fish. I'm like, okay. So we've actually done that a couple of times. So life-giving. And also though, I want to also caution because I've seen it happen negatively of bringing your kids along and forcing them to do it. Correct. Because you can ruin it for them too. When you bring your kids into your hobbies and, and again, I'm coming back to skiing because it's, it's probably the most family hobby that we have right now. Um, I gotta be careful of when I take them, the weather has to be good. They can't be too cold. It can't be rainy because if you build negative experiences early, they're not going to love it. And if you want them to love it, like you have to stack the deck in your favor when they're not feeling like it, you don't force them. No, because when they are feeling like it and the weather's nice, they'll love it. And if you build enough positive experiences on top of it, they'll be like, Oh, Okay, I get it. And then once they do it enough, they'll realize that it's not always that way. Right. But that takes maturity. And when they're 10, they don't have it. And just, I would actually absolutely expect that they're going to want to do it about a tenth of the time you want to do it Ooh. too. Yeah. How many times have you gone out fishing or anything else and you're like 30 minutes in and you're like, I'm down, I want to go home. Yeah. And you're like, what? And you're like mad just about got it. here. <laughs> yeah. But you have, to, you have to know that this, if you're going to take them, this is not about you. This is about him. In fact, John Hagedorn gave me some of the best advice ever. He goes, best way to fish with your child, don't bring your rod with you. Oof. Leave it in your car. Wow, that one. That yeah. one hits home. Yeah. I was because like, I can't count how many times I've been like, <laughs> just give me that. <laughs> just give me that. You're doing it wrong. See, that's all you have to do. Which, yeah, which, like you said, is it's dangerous, you know, because yeah. you instill negative feelings toward that activity. And that is a bummer. Yeah. It's a lifelong of bonding you're just throwing away because yeah. you're too selfish about it. I am too selfish. I'm speaking <laughs> <for> myself. <laughs> Any of your hobbies that have turned into more than just a hobby that you've gone commercial with, if you will, or like, do you hope that that happens? Or how do you feel about people that take their hobbies? And and I have a very strong opinion on this, so I'm I'm asking it for self serving reasons. But yeah, what what's your thought here? So the only thing I've considered uh, is, like I've mentioned before, is doing some outward expression through barbecue and and putting things online to help people, uh, you know, grow in their passion for barbecue and cooking and things like that. However. I have no plans at all to monetize it. If that were to happen over time naturally because it's an influence to the public, cool. If it doesn't, cool. That's not the point of it for me. To commercialize it, to monetize it, to become an income producing uh, option and opportunity, no, I haven't had those feelings. Now, I have had moments where I'm like, yeah, I wanna own a fly shop, blah, 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 you know, to, to be able to get pro discounts, things like that, or whatever else, just to be the cool guy in the room. But then I quickly realized, I don't know if you actually framed it for me, but I realized I was like, well, I don't necessarily want to be in retail. Mm. I love fly fishing, but I don't want to be in retail. That's not what I'm passionate about at all. And that's what a fly shop is. You ultimately are. Now, if you want to be a fly fishing guide, super cool too. No, no knock on any guides out there whatsoever. But everyone I've talked to said you eventually feel like a bus driver. Mm. You know, your hobby, your your passion turns into a, a drudge. Of work. Yeah. And so I think it could be dangerous in that your love and passion may turn into something you're not so passionate about anymore. Um, but then again, I hear so many people say, man, I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this sure. every day. So I think that's each individual's, you know, decision and realization through, uh, you know, through their hobbies and through their priorities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my philosophies pump the brakes. Yeah, on don't turn hobbies into I, you know I can't say don't because like you've said I've heard, I've talked to people as well that that are like I can't believe I get to do this every day and that's that's pretty cool, but you know my personal experience you know I have uh, one of my hobbies that I didn't really talk about is surfing love to surf, moved to California when I was young started a surfboard company because I thought that that was and we talked about this in a previous yeah, yeah. episode yep. right, and very quickly did it take most of my juice for surfing because I was dealing with manufacturers and customers and broken boards and the the unfun side of surfing. And I found myself more often in the surf shop and less often in the surf. 
And instead of surfing, you know, two, three, four days a week, I got lucky if I was surfing once a week. Right. And it, it quickly made it not fun. Right. You know, but that's my experience. But my point is go in very cautiously. Yeah. You know, if you're going to do this. Um, and have other hobbies too. I mean, I if you have one sole hobby and you're like, for example, when I thought of the fly shop, that's the only hobby I had. Yeah. Had I launched myself into that, it could have quickly gone, oh my gosh, now this isn't a hobby. I don't have anything else to turn to and try out and get excited about. So I'd say have more than one hobby if you're going to do it. Yeah. To get that reprieve. Yeah. Because from that job, you're going to need some time away to refuel and refill. Yeah. You know, and if you get depleted, it can get dangerous. Hmm. Yeah. Any closing thoughts here as we, I mean, I can't believe, I mean, I, I can believe we've talked an hour about hobbies. We could probably make this a two hour episode talking about stuff that we love to go do, but yeah. And just as important as anything else. Right. Um, it is. Yeah. Actually I, on that thought before you go there, sorry, I interrupted you. No, you're good. I was thinking about this and I didn't make a note and that's probably why it didn't come up till the very last moment. You know, I, I've talked to people where they don't have a lot of hobbies. Um, they're just totally focused on business or totally focused on their profession. Right. Um, Marcus Lemonis comes to mind. Oh, sure. He's one of those. It's like, I don't do anything else, but this. Yeah. It's, he turned it into his hobby. What's your thought there? Does, does everybody need a hobby? Like, is it blanket? Like you, sh you need to have something to break up the routine or are some people built in a way that they don't need it. I'm biased on this, but I absolutely feel they're of extreme importance. Someone mm. that says it's like, it's along the lines of like, I only need five hours of sleep. I'm a badass. I don't need to, you know, I don't need to get sleep like everybody else. I can work, work, work. That's, that's a fallacy. If you actually look at scientific data, that's, that's terrible for you. If you get less than seven hours of sleep, scientifically proven, you are, you have less, a uh, lower performance. Sure. You, you, you actually, they actually show that athletes less than seven hours on average, uh, actually have certain uh, signs and signals that their brains are acting like they're drunk, hmm. uh, which is really interesting. Look at that data. I, I'll Hopefully I can find uh, something to, to link so you guys can actually read some of that stuff. Um, but anyway, it's it's this idea that we don't need these things. Sure, okay, Every, everyone's path is their own. There's 8 billion perspectives in the world. I don't for one second want to act like I'm the only yeah. one that matters. Um, but I've just seen so many people, including myself without hobbies and, uh, it, it, it they don't, and myself, uh, feel like a healthy person. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you can be as successful as you want in business, but it's going to be a counterbalance of something else. Yeah. You're, you're sacrificing something else in order to achieve all of those things, which is great. But if you take a hard look at the rest of your life, my guess is, Mark, Marcus, I love you, dude, but there's probably parts of your life that are not that healthy. Mm. So if someone wants to pursue a hobby, okay, they, they're, they're sitting, they're listening to this, and they're like, okay, Luke and Gavin, the case for hobbies. I'll buy in. I don't have any. But they have a couple of ideas. Like, how do you, without spending $5,000 to buy all the gear, like, how do you, like, sample hobbies? Boy, that's a great question. You know, for me, I've been introduced to it, right? Someone brought me into that world, but I'd say, start with talking to your friends, see what they like to do. Hey, can I tag along with you? Yeah. You know, ask those questions, just find out you don't need, and most of the time, I would say all of the time, your friends will be like, use my gear, yeah. right? Use my stuff until you figure out what you like. And I don't know one person that does, isn't really passionate, that loves what they do outside of work, that doesn't want to share that with other people. Yeah. So in fact, they might be waiting for you to ask, mm. you know? I think another way that you could go about it is hire the instruction. Sure. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So relatively inexpensively, you you can hire a fly fishing guide for a day. You know, three four hundred dollars or ski lessons or ski lessons or surfing or, I mean, so much of it. Right. Golf. You right. know, go golf with your friends. Go hire a a golf pro for an hour. Right. And and taste. Right. Like sample. Figure out what fires you up right maybe it's maybe it's rebuilding cars find someone in your area that's rebuilding cars and go spend an afternoon with them or totally whatever it is just you're gonna have to sample it if you aren't really sure what it is go with your intuition and try a few things and some things you're gonna do and be like nope and some things you're gonna do and be like uh that i wasn't expecting that yeah totally those are the cool surprises along yeah. the way you know i'd say honestly my finishing thought for 
this, this conversation, this topic is when you don't have it all figured out, ask for help. Mm. Once you have it all figured out, ask for help, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what it boils down to hobbies or business or anything aside. Just keep leaning in, ask for help, be vulnerable, be, you know, be willing to play the fool. That's probably the biggest one. Be willing to be an idiot and fall flat on your face to learn new things. But we've talked about it a million times. The only way to slow time down is new experiences. Go try new things. Yeah. Yeah. And remember, if you don't do it this year, you'll be one year older when you do. Amen. Thanks guys. Talk to you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Processing Purpose. We hope you grabbed a few gold nuggets to take one step forward in your journey of life and business. Please remember to like and subscribe our channel if you'd like to get more content to help you build and grow everything around you. Make today your best day. Today is day one.